0: And welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, and my co-host had to be out today. But have no fear, I'm not alone today. I'm super excited to have a special guest with us, Liz Curtis Higgs. Liz is an award-winning speaker, as well as the author of 37 books, including her nonfiction bestsellers, Bad Girls of the Bible and the Women of Christmas. Her parable series for children has been awarded the ECPA Gold Medallion for Excellence, and her historical novel, Whence Came a Prince, won a Christie Award. And today, we're going to be looking at Liz's book, It's Good to be Queen, and how it relates to what we are discussing. Today, it's Real Womanhood, The Wise Woman. You know what? I feel like I need some pioneer-esque music behind that and a low radio type voice when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome,
1: Liz. Oh, what a blessing to be with you. The wise woman. <laughs> I'll take care of that for you. <laughs> Did radio for 10 years so we can dip back into that if I need to. <laughs>
0: Well, great. Well, the scripture focus for today's podcast episode is from Proverbs 14, verse 1, the New International Version Translation. It says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Liz, that scripture always hits me in the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to walk in wisdom and recognize when I'm not before I do some damage, found out that you've unpacked the verse that we happen to be having on our show today in your most recent book 31 proverbs to light your path. Can you share some of that? Oh, sure. It's in a chapter called
1: home deconstruction <laughs> because sadly, that's exactly what this proverbs verse is about. And like so many of the verses in proverbs, it's the good news, bad news. It's two things contrasted. So, the first bit, we love the wise woman. By the way, the word um, wise itself is a female noun in Hebrew. So you're really Mm -hmm. saying the wisest of women or every wise woman, it's meant to be all women can be wise like this. I love that. So be assured, my dear sisters, that this is attainable by all of us. The wise woman builds her house. And of course, they're really not talking about Boards and roofing tiles and all of that. Um, we build our household is a better translation. Um, so it's it's the people. It's not the physical residents. It's all the people who come under our roof and find sanctuary there. Mm. So uh, woman. another translation says, strengthens her family or makes her home what it should be. Uh, And I love the fact that this doesn't mean like a house, beautiful mansion, a Pinterest ready show place. (laughs) It's talking about is the kind of house and we all know homes like this, whether it's big or little, whether it's a one bedroom apartment or studio or whether it's some, you know, spread out house with 10 rooms. What matters is what happens inside. And so what we're looking for is one that's grace-filled and love-centered and bursting with joy and covered with peace and don't mind the dust and kick off your shoes. That's the kind of house. And we know when you walk into one, you just feel welcome. And it isn't really about hospitality, at least I hope not, (laughs) (laughs) is it the food you serve or whether everything is neat and tidy and has its place. I think we want to walk in a home and immediately feel like, even if she doesn't say the words, the woman of the house is saying, pull up a chair. I'm glad you're here. And so it's it's that kind of thing. The wise woman builds her home, her family, her um, place of residence. Whether you're single or married, whether you live alone or live with a whole ton of people, that's not what defines your home. It's really your heart and what people find when they get there. And so that's the best of. The wise woman builds her house. We love that part of the verse. Mm. But we get the word but, which I just have to tell you is one of my favorite words in the Bible. (laughs) Me too. It's little, you know, it's a little word, three letters. But God uses it many, many times in his word to contrast two things or to say, get ready, something different is coming than you're expecting. But, it goes on to say, Proverbs 14, 1, with her own hands. That is really important, that with her own hands, also translated her, her own actions, by her own efforts. Or here, here, this one will get you, with her own evil works. Mm. So, it isn't just, oops, something happened by mistake. The idea is that a woman does this by intent with her own hands. Mm. The foolish one tears hers down. Uh, and foolish is a gentle word, relatively speaking, because as I said, it's also translated. The Hebrew really means evil. Evil. And so the foolish one tears her down, tears hers down. It's destroyed. Brick by brick, she plucks it down and picks it to splinters, the various translations tell us. Isn't that a visual? You're just, you know, you're just pulling it down. You can almost imagine a woman, you know, dragging her hands through the walls of her home, breaking nails as she goes, you know, just so determined to do the opposite of what a wise woman does. A wise woman builds up, a foolish one, an evil one, tears down And we're all going to sit here and say, well, I would never do such a thing. (laughs) Well, you know, we must do such things or God wouldn't even need to address it in His Word.
0: Yes. And, you know, His Word even says that our hearts are deceitful and beyond cure. Mm. And so that's the first thing I thought about is we don't really want to consider ourselves to be evil. I mean, that's a strong terminology. But we have that inclination apart from the grace of God. Ooh, more than an inclination. We're oh. good at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: At least I'm speaking from my own experience. <laughs> because I came to know Christ at 27, I have some very memorable, uh, in quotation marks, years <laughs> without Christ at the center of my life as an adult. And sadly, I know what I'm capable of. And it's it's ugly. It is so ugly. My yes. ability to hurt the people around me, emotionally, spiritually, uh, it's all there. The happy news is by the grace of God, it's under his control. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, it's very humbling to realize that, that on our own, we'd still be back to the foolish woman. But by the grace of God, we can be that wise woman and be amazed by it. You know, it's like, wow, I can't believe I actually did something right. And (laughs) we know it's not us. You just can't take credit for it. It's truly no. the spirit of the Lord.
0: And, you know, I mean, Paul considered and called himself chief of sinners. And mm-hmm. I remember early on in my walk with the Lord just thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we're chief sinner. <laughs> But it isn't until you walk with the Lord through some really hard things that you start to see, you know, yeah, there is nothing good in me. And I, I'm in that number, too, <laughs> It's cheap yeah,
1: sinners. That's right. Not just Paul. We're, yeah. we're all there. And I, I love that Paul has the humility to say mm-hmm. that, chief sinners, because we don't see him that way. You know, we're, yeah. we're reading uh, the books of the New Testament thinking, this guy is incredible. <laughs> yes. And yet he's so honest. And real with us. Um, and it just rings through the centuries, doesn't it? We all have to actually come to that place where we say, I am chief among sinners. I'm a mess. Without hmm. Jesus, ain't nothing happening. And so um, so this verse that we're looking at today this is Proverbs 14, one, It offers a cautionary word, but it mostly offers for those of us who have God at the heart of our lives. It offers a wonderful promise a wonderful promise. Mm-hmm. The wise woman builds up her household, her family, her friends, her guests, anybody who strolls by her place. Mm-hmm. I just love the thought of, of making people welcome and what what is truly welcoming them is the spirit of Christ.
0: You know, I love I love this conversation. And I think about James 1:5. If any of you lacks wisdom. Let him come and ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And, you know, you're sharing earlier at the beginning about how this is available to every woman who wants to be a wise woman. And, you know, it it isn't that we attain something. It's only God in us. You know, and I'm also grateful for what you said about your house not being perfect, because I really do that well.
1: (laughs) But... Yeah, Yeah. with all your family and everything you've got going on, (laughs) let me just say to those who are looking forward to an empty nest thinking, finally, my house will be organized, food will remain in my refrigerator, money will remain in my wallet, it's going to be amazing, sadly... (laughs) <laughs> this empty nest woman is here to tell you my nest is still a mess. Mm. Uh, and I can't blame one other person but myself. Rats, right? <laughs> so um, I say this as a, as a word of grace to you. Mm. Um, the wise woman builds her house. It doesn't notice you say the wise woman cleans her house. Okay, just for the record. Straightens mm. it up. The wise woman has a perfect house. It doesn't say that. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful when I look at Scripture to see what matters to God. And what matters is character, integrity, um, a heart that chases after his. Um, those are the things that really matter to him, uh, whether we're male or female. Um, it's what he looks at most. Mm-hmm. It's, is the the state of our hearts, the motives for our actions. All of that really matters. our thoughts. Um, all the stuff we'd actually like to hide even more than a messy house. We'd love to hide a messy heart. Um, but mm-hmm. God has the ability to see both and love us whatever shape we're in. Um, yes. I, I just, I can never get over that grace. It overwhelms me literally every. Yes,
0: day. me too. You know, too, I'm thinking about women listening today. You know, we were talking about all month expectations that we've had. And how when those expectations aren't fulfilled, bitterness can creep in. Other things can distract us from being that woman that God has called us to be. And I know I had expectations for what motherhood or being a wife would look like. (laughs) And it was nothing like what I imagined. My my Norman Rockwell image of me, you know, sitting in a corner, you know, was busted and blown. (laughs) But... I remember just devouring book after book and just then really finally ending up with simply the word of God. I just, God gives us so much instruction. And as you just said, grace to walk this out. You know, and Liz, you've written books about wisdom and a recent book, It's Good to Be Queen, also has this focus on wisdom. What is the central point in this book and why did you want to write it?
1: Well, I, I love the women of the Bible, and I've written about them for, you know, two and a half decades. <laughs> you know, the bad girls, the really bad girls, the slightly bad girls. We've had some of the good girls, like the women of Christmas, the women of Easter. I think in all, I think I've written about 32 different women so far. And uh, But the Queen of Sheba was always on my to-do list. I just, she fascinated me. I knew, I'll be honest, when I started, almost nothing about her, Mm. except what my mother always said to me, which was, who do you think
0: you are? The queen of Sheba? Did your mother say that to you? (laughs) You know, mine never did, but I did read that in your book, and it made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's
1: really funny, Denise, because I will say that to an audience. I'll start to say, who do you think you are? And they all echo back the queen of Sheba. So uh, Obviously we all have the same mother is all I can figure. (laughs) But um, it's one of those phrases that hangs out there and makes you think, well, she must, there must be something wrong with her. The way it's said, who do you think you are? Um, As if she is prideful or um, ostentatious, Mm. or in fact, a bad girl of the Bible. So I dove into her story, which is a mere 11 verses in First Kings ten, there, there's not a lot there, but what's there is so rich. And she is a woman who sought after wisdom. I love the fact that she was already obviously wealthy and powerful. We have no idea, by the way, what she looked like. I think that's very telling. Mm um so often we get very wrapped up in what we look like I mean it's just who we are as women you know we care about what we look like when we walk out the door you and I had a discussion on the podcast I'm like please tell me this is just audio and not video yes (laughs) you know so I don't have to you know do makeup and hair and whatever in the middle of the day and um we just we care so much and yet God cares so little about our appearance. Mm. Most of the women in the Bible are not physically described. There are a few cases where they're called beautiful or fair of face. And what's interesting about that is when the Lord says that in his word, it's because that attribute, their beauty, is going to get them into trouble. Mm. Truly, you think of um, Bathsheba. Uh, you know, David saw her from his roof and he was impressed. Uh, and so that took that story down kind of a dark road. Yes, uh, But most of the women in the Bible, almost all really, are not described physically, which just gives us a little clue about what matters to God. Mm. And so with Sheba, what I loved about her is right from the get-go, right from that first verse in her story, we know that she was seeking after wisdom, She heard about Solomon and the God that he was in a relationship with. Think about that. Way back then, 3,000 years ago, this queen heard about a king 1,500 miles from her who worshiped God Mm -hmm. and was wise. And that, just that knowledge, put her on a camel for two months traveling with her entourage, hauling a bunch of gold, like four and a half tons of gold. That is so much gold. Wow. Look how many camels it would take to get it there. <laughs> and um, and all jewels and, and all the spices of Sheba. She brought them all, um, probably helping to impress Solomon. But the truth was he impressed her with his relationship with the Lord and his wisdom, which clearly came from God. Um, you had mentioned earlier that beautiful promise from James that if we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. Well, that's exactly what Solomon did. He asked for wisdom. God said, I'll give you anything. And, and rather than asking for riches or long life, Solomon said, I want to be a wise king. And so, so wisdom was a gift from God to him. And such a gift, Arsheba wanted it for herself, she wanted that wisdom. Which she found out when she got there came along with the relationship with God. You couldn't have one without the other. So what a role model! Who knew Denise? We knew she would be such a role model. So in those eleven verses about her, I found ten qualities that this woman had that I thought we could rightfully aspire to as women of God. And so, so those became the ten chapters. That became the the heart of the book. Um, and I, it's just so fun for me to discover a woman in the Bible I had not paid a lot of attention to suddenly having so much to teach me and I hope teach my sisters.
0: Oh, yes. And I I love, especially that verse that you pulled out right there at the beginning of your book, because she saw that he had wisdom, but that he had a relationship with God and that just stuck out to me because, you know, I don't really think I noticed that too much before. So, uh, you know, it's funny how 11 verses, there'd <laughs> be so much in there. You know, and you mentioned those attributes. Um, you discuss, you know, it's good to be bold or open or seek wise counsel, to be humble, uh, honest, encourage others. Just a few that you had. But if you had to pick just one of the attributes of the Queen of Sheba as the most significant what would it be and why?
1: Well, you know, we often very much personalize this kind of thing. And so I can't pick out one that's the most important, but I can tell you which was the one God taught me the most through. Mm. It was an unexpected one. It's good to receive graciously. Mm. I love to give. And the, and the chapter before that, it's good to give generously. I'm so on board that. I love to give people gifts I love to to bless others as God has blessed us. That is really fun for me. But then it goes on in the scripture to tell us how graciously she received from Solomon. And then I thought about, Lizzie, do you do that? Do you receive graciously? And I quickly got an answer on that. I mentioned on Facebook, because I I love to involve my, my readers in my books. And there's a lot of voices in it's going to be queen from other women, because we all teach each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, none of us do this life, you know, in a vacuum by ourselves. We, we offer each other wisdom. And as long as it lines up with the wisdom of the word, it's really helpful. Sometimes the way a, a friend will put something, we know it's biblical, but they, they manage to put it in terms that we really get Uh, And of course, that's my goal and yours, I'm sure as a writer, um, Mm -hmm. is to always stick to the word, but find a fresh story or a fresh way to communicate what we've learned from God. So back to this receive graciously on Facebook, I said, I have a hard time receiving. And I expected that lots of women would jump right on and say, oh, me too, me too, Liz, that's a real hardship for me. That (laughs) is not what they said. They really? said, basically, in a nutshell, get over it. I, <laughs> I know. And I realized most of them did not say that's an issue for me. They said, Liz, that's an issue for you. And it's probably pride. Oh, oh my wow. goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: but See, I love that. That's I love this is when we're really um, iron sh- sharpening iron to each other when we're willing to say the hard stuff. Yes, and and you know they weren't being accusatory, but they they were not going to left me leave me off the hook. Um, one woman said, "Let others do for you and act happy about it. Otherwise, you're just being incredibly rude." Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Oh, the next one woman said, "We need to let others be a blessing and not try to take all the glory of giving for ourselves." okay finally one woman said god and i had a little chat about my attitude take my advice before he chats with you too (laughs) and of course he was chatting with me big time by that point because we do sometimes when we have a weakness assume everybody else has the same weakness and Mm. that's that's just not true um sometimes so good we are Uh, Not the only one, but we just can't use that as an excuse. Well, everybody does it because the truth is my sisters online and in person have taught me how to receive graciously, Mm -hmm. how to bless the giver Um, because it's always a blessing to give, but it needs to be a blessing to receive, a genuine blessing. We need to express to the giver all that... That they deserve, for starters, and might be hoping for, and um, that can be okay. I'm just going to say it and get myself in more trouble. <laughs> that can be hard, depending on what the gift is. Do you follow me, Denise? Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> we know, may not see it as a
1: gift. I think. <laughs> well, or you know, we're so focused on the gift, mm-hmm. as in, where am I going to put that in my house, or? That is so not my color. How am I ever going to wear that, etc.? What we need to focus on isn't the gift itself. This was the big aha. This is what my sisters taught me. It's not the gift. It is the giver. And so we almost look past the gift into the eyes of the person who's extending it to us. And of course, we have to acknowledge whatever it is. And I think we have to be um, grace-filled. But we also don't have to just go on and on and on about how amazing it is. If we know for a fact, it will probably be re-gifted someday. (laughs) Um, But I, I think we can find all the right things to say the truth to their hearts about who they are, how generous they are, how thoughtful they are, how kind they are. Um, cause that it's behind the gift. That's the things that really matter. So it's been a learning experience for me. And I'll give you a real quick description of a day, a speaking day when God did not let me off the hook until I learned this. Mm. So I'm speaking Friday night, Saturday morning or Friday night, rather, I get up to speak and my watch falls off. Uh, and you know, it was frankly a cheap watch. No shock that it would fall. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just like all the beads and it just gave up the ghost and dropped on the floor. It was pretty spectacular. Um, but I just went on and spoke and forgot all about it. Saturday morning, I got back up to speak and there was a little bag up on the, on the lectern and I opened it up. There was not one, not two, but three pretty watches. Three.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Oh my goodness, exactly. So this was an overabundance. Just to get one watch would have been amazing, but three. And my human nature, which is never the best part, my human nature is to say, oh no, I can't accept this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But how could I not accept it? It was a gift and I was standing in front of 574 women. And I didn't know which one of those 574 women gave it to me. So I could do nothing but say, wow, wow, thank you. I put all three on my arm because I I couldn't (laughs) get one that was prettier (laughs) than the other. Um, But, I, you know, it was just one of those, it was awkward for me Mm -hmm. and shouldn't have been. I just should have been so happy, so grateful, and yay. But I found myself stumbling over my words and trying to figure out how I could give it back. And, of course, I couldn't. Mm. So God wasn't done with me that day. Then I'm at my book table. A woman comes up with this stunning scarf around her shoulders. And I'll confess to you, I love scarves because they always fit. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The size you are, that scarf will always fit and, you know, always sort of be in style. So um, I was signing her book and I leaned closer to her and I said, if you'll just lean a little closer to me, I can slip that silk scarf off your neck and you won't even notice I'm kidding, right? Except she slips it off her neck, wraps it around mine and says, you know, I've owned this for years, never wore it until today. Clearly, it's meant to be yours.
0: Wow.
1: Oh, no. So here (laughs) I've gotten myself into this little pickle. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I mean, there was, I couldn't give it back to her. How rude would that be? The woman was right. It's just plain rude so, so I'm wearing this gorgeous scarf, which just happened to match what I was wearing. So I could leave it on. It was stunning. And you'd think I had learned my lesson, but no, no closing luncheon with just the committee. One of the women in the committee has this amazing silver necklace on not, not struggling silver, but it was just this fabulous, very light. I could see it weighed nothing. Uh, which is always important when you're on the platform, not to have stuff jingling and jangling around. Mm -hmm. So foolish me said, Oh, what a beautiful necklace. And that's all I said. And it's all I meant. Will you trust me? Will you believe me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then at the end of lunch, I felt this hand on the back of my neck and realized something was draping in front of me. And here was her necklace. And she said, Liz, it will bless my socks off to think of you wearing this necklace.
0: Mm.
1: Again, I'm stuck. It's like three times in one day, Lord, okay, okay. (laughs) I am willing to learn to receive graciously. So I've learned a couple of things, how to receive graciously. I've also learned never to compliment people.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, I actually had uh, years ago, a friend wearing this perfume that I just, I told her, wow, that just smells so beautiful. And she said, Oh, well, you can have it. And I, I remember just feeling like, what? So humbled, you know, by that. But years later, um, I had this jacket on that a friend um, when I was in a homeschool co-op looked at me and said, Oh, I wanted that jacket. That was on this catalog and they ran out. And the Lord was like, remember that perfume? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's just such a joy. And, you know, so I can definitely appreciate I will say I identify with you in that. So if no one else did, I understand. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. But you know what stuck out to me of the different uh, attributes, characteristics of the Queen of Sheba was her boldness. Mm -hmm. Because I think my tendency is to be timid and people would say, oh, no, it isn't. You're on stage leading worship and speaking. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) Um, My word for the year is authority. Ooh. Because the Lord knows me. (laughs) And I just, I want, you know, I'm like, Lord, use me however you want to use me. But when things happen to maybe shake your confidence and I start to shrink back, He just whispers to my soul again, authority. Mm -hmm. Be bold in the Holy Spirit, not bold in the flesh. And... I remember uh, going to a conference and the speaker was talking about being bold and he said a curse word. And this was a Christian conference. And what struck me was that's boldness in the flesh. Yeah. That's not the boldness that the Holy Spirit can bring that just fills you with his power. And, you know, so I just appreciate what you said about that because at times I can kind of feel like, and I'm writing a book that I actually just finished it called Shame Off You. And it's this, I would feel shame if I was bold. Like, I don't matter is really more what I came from. And like it was striving or ambitious. But there is a boldness, you know, that God wants us to have.
1: Absolutely. And but I I I totally understand your reticence. In fact, I asked an audience when I was teaching on the Queen of Sheba. Um, early on, when the book released, um, I said, after teaching on bold, I said, so who wants to be bold? And out of 600 women, about three hands went up. <laughs> and I, yes. I thought several things. First of all, I thought, oh, no, once again, I'm the weirdo because I love to be bold. <laughs> um, and I also thought I've taught it poorly if I haven't made it seem um, appealing. So I I asked some of the women during the break, you know, who didn't raise their hand, which of course would be a lot, um, what was your hesitancy when I said, do you long to be bold? And one woman said, well, I just don't want to come off as pushy. And I'm thinking, oops, okay, that tells me something I need to remember. That even if your intent is good, if it comes off as pushy, that would not be the Holy Spirit. Right, his his boldness is beautiful, Mm -hmm. should look gracious, but it also should look unwavering. It doesn't uh, fluctuate with feelings, it is based on who he is, who the Holy Spirit is. And so, in us, he also is going to be unwavering, unchanging, solid. We have all met women who have the confidence of God, not the confidence of the flesh, Mm -hmm. but the confidence of God. They might be soft-spoken. They might be quiet, but when they speak, wow. Mm -hmm. You think of that Proverbs 31 woman, she speaks with wisdom. Wisdom is on her tongue. And I always love that verse because it lets us see that she is putting into the air good things, godly things, wise things, edifying things. We talked about a woman builds up her home, and that's the word edifying. That's what it means to build an edifice, a building, and um, to to think in terms of what if when we spoke, people listened because of the boldness and the and the wisdom but not because we were being pushy um, there. So that's a huge difference. Boldness doesn't necessarily look bold. It just is bold. And it is what it is what the uh, disciples prayed for. You know, they said, give us a boldness, Lord, to speak your truth. And the next verse says, the Holy Spirit filled them with boldness. Um, and so so it's perfectly okay to pray to be bold, but only in the spirit, not in the flesh.
0: Amen. That is so good. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today on the Black and White Podcast. You know, this morning I was reading in the book of Job, and Job two eight just stood out to me. It says, but it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives understanding. What a fitting end to this podcast. The raw truth for today is that we have no wisdom of our own. The radical grace is that our God gives us wisdom whenever we need it. As we mentioned in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The real hope is that when we fall short, God's wisdom points us back to where we need to be. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.